Hi, this is AJ Bingham, and I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Regions Financial Corporation. Regions is a different kind of bank with branches serving Central Texas from Austin to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley. Regions can assist your firm with its M&A and investment banking needs, as well as specialty finance in the technology, healthcare, defense, and aerospace sectors. Learn more about Regions at www.regions.com, and you can find more information in the episode notes. Now on the show. Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Hello, this is AJ Bingham, CEO of the Bingham Group. Our guest today is Zach Henn, the Director of Business Development at the Burt Group. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming out, man. I know you're a busy man, like most of our busy, busy person, like most of our guests. Uh, so we'll get to it. Uh, you know, what is the Burt Group and uh, you know, what's your role there? Sure. And business development has a, has a broad reach. Right, so the Burt Group, um, we're one of the rare locally-based um, commercial builders here in Austin. Um, started about 20 years ago, really just doing kind of tenant service work. So what that means is, is you know, kind of carpet, paint, moving walls on the interior side. Um, obviously, again, being in Austin for 20 years, we've uh, we've grown tremendously with this market. So we've kind of evolved now into this full service uh, builder on the ground up side, as well as the very high end corporate interiors. Yeah, so your new office or newish office right up, up North Austin, uh, it looks just lovely, man. Love the build out, <laughs> hey, that is polished the concrete floors. It all is. That. You know, being a builder, obviously, as you can understand, your office is is a showcase just as much as anything else that you do. Um, so you know, we've got some. Some, uh, some pretty nice finishes and you know it came together really really well and we've been very happy with our new offices well great so you know one of the the main topics for today is just talking about the trends you're seeing in the general contractor world and then it's the building world as well and right. um, you know Austin as most of us know is booming as you put the main cranes around here and just get your thoughts on kind of the evolution of Austin more so as being someone who's a local as well right you or know, native as well as we've all seen, you know, Austin's on fire, um, but there's a couple of, you know, trends and items that we're looking at that we're paying close attention to. You know, the first, and I think it's a pretty good sign, is that a lot of these downtown office projects, the skyscrapers, if you will, are still being developed by the local developers, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's the Endeavors, the Riverside Resources, Trammell Crows, you know, et cetera. So that's a good sign for us, you know, and there's not a whole bunch of foreign capital coming in on the development side. That means that, you know, the experts that quote unquote know Austin are still continuing to break ground on these, um, you know, very high profile, high cost projects. Um, obviously from a tenant mix, again, there's some reassuring signs because what we're seeing as well is that, you know, there's a mix of these new companies coming in from the Californias, the New York, Chicago's, et cetera. But at the same time, we're starting to still see churn of some of these locally based Austin companies who are just taking newer and better space. You know, they're just relocating and moving mm-hmm. and or expanding. And it's um, a good science in terms of one, it's a healthy, healthy economy for them to grow. And exactly. And it's a healthy mix. You know, again, kind of that balance between the locally based firms who are, again, you know, putting their capital to work and getting their newer, trendier offices. But at the same time, like you said, it's that 50 percent balance of a lot of these new companies coming into Austin. Um, so when we see that balance and it's not tilted one way or the other, that's that's reassuring to us. And it just tells us that we're in a healthy cycle right now in terms of tenant mix and kind of who's coming from where and who's relocating from where. Yeah. And what about seeing any current projects you have going on you can talk about or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so and again, it's actually probably a pretty good indicator of, you know, what we were just talking to. So I think underway, you know, and again, we'll have anywhere between 20 to 30 projects going on at a time. Um, so we're finishing up in about the next month, uh, the University of Texas's new indoor baseball practice facility. So mm-hmm. that's right next door to Dishfalk Field. 
Um, we are underway now with the new Austin headquarters for GoDaddy. Um, we're finishing up a project for a tenant here in Austin called Spare Foot. Um, CoreLogic uh, just took a big, about 70,000 square foot space in North Austin. Um, we just finished up some condos for CLO called the Foundry. So again, you know, even with you know some of those projects that are mentioned, we're kind of all across the board between you know the University of Texas versus mm -hmm. private corporate. Uh, we've got a ground up four story medical office building going on in North Austin by Palmer. You know, so again, we kind of got a healthy mix of project types and asset classes, which again is very encouraging to us because we like to see that diversification where we can. Yeah, and you operate the work groups. Op I mean, you operate in other markets in Texas too, correct? Uh, we do. So we actually just put a bow on a, a new office project for a TCU in mm -hmm. Fort Worth. Um, Your alma mater, right? That's right. It's Go Frogs. Um, so I selfishly, you know, I've been paying very close attention to that project, and it's actually our fourth project that we've done for TCU in the trailing 24 months. So mm -hmm. they've been a great client. And again, it's just another area of Texas that's seeing that boom, you know, and we're trying to capitalize on it to the best that we can. Yeah. Regulatory wise, I mean, to the degree you, do you deal with this, I mean, what are you seeing kind of, you know, kind of the, the trends in the Austin market that, you know, relative to other things you're seeing in the industry across the, across the country and other markets in Texas are a concern or are or things that are, are, are better here? Right, you know, I think that regulatory-wise, especially you've gotta focus on new ground-up projects. Um, and that's where in Austin, especially, I think one of our biggest hurdles, which I think almost any developer will groan when they even hear the three words, is uh, the site development permit process. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when you get a raw piece of land or even something with a building on it, but you're gonna completely scrape it and come up with a new tower or a new project. Um, right now in Austin, just depending on the size, that site development permit can take you anywhere from eight months to 14 months. Um, and it has to go through basically, kind of in a nutshell, every department within the city of Austin. So Austin, water, traffic, you know, electric, you know, just basically anyone who would have anything to do with a building. But the problem we're seeing is that, you know, when you're a developer trying to build a, you know, preeminent class A office product, you know, having a runway before you can even dig dirt of 12 months can sometimes inhibit your leasing ability. You know, mm -hmm. and that time, you know, time kills deals. Well, time is money, too. <laughs> That's right. Time kills all deals. And, you know, trying to find a way to streamline it, I think, is kind of paramount to what Austin's next steps are going to be if we want to continue this growth cycle. And I know that, you know, it's getting worked on. Um, and it, obviously, it's been a topic of conversation for the last uh, multiple years. But you know, just in terms of uh, regulatory and what could be improved, I think that that's at the, the forefront of what needs to get addressed here in, in short order. Yeah, I know just you know, looking at other markets, I mean, I've always heard kind of the general, the approximation, you know, project in Dallas takes about 12, you know, six months to 12 months versus right. Austin, I mean, kind of vacant 18 months, right? right? And I mean, I know that's that's a broad kind of sweep, but it really can depend on the complexity of the, complexity of the deal and such, but I agree that's something that I think uh, is definitely in the minds of a lot of folks in the development community. Right. And, you know, City of Austin's taking the first steps. Obviously, they've got their new you know, planning apartment building that's going up. And, that's from Highland, right? Right, correct. Yeah. North Austin. So they're trying to consolidate their operations, kind of get everyone under one roof, as well as hopefully hire and ramp up. So we're very encouraged by that. Um, but again, you know, it's just especially for even some of these new entrants on the development side. I know I was just talking about a bunch of the Austin folks, but there are other developers coming out of the East Coast right now. And to them, it's even been a learning curve. Is you know, just it takes yeah. time. Let's talk about that too. You're right because I think uh, you know more so. I was reading, reading the business journal, right? I read some of these developers coming here, or right. these kind of opening offices here, and from the West Coast too. West Coast probably not as much. I'm sure they might be relatively more used to kind of Austin or Orange Coast. You're right. It's both. Though. Yeah, right. but what, so just in terms of you know, those stories there, I mean, what's been the biggest kind of shocker to them? More so, you're coming out of, you're coming out of New York, right? Where I'm assuming it's 
fairly complex anyway. That, that's correct. Done. You know, the, the beauty of Austin, especially when you're coming out of New York, is that people aren't as sticker shocked by our construction prices. Yeah. Because right? Manhattan is not cheap to build in. You don't realize, too, Austin is the most expensive city in Texas. I, very much so. It is. Um, and to give you context. It's a big state, too. It is a big state. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if we want that title or not. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I mean, people are coming here, but, like, it's, you can't, uh, you know, it is, it's just people will kind of forget. Like, it's small. It's relatively, we're... You know, we're in a relative mid-sized kind of market or growing a growing market, but it's expensive. No, that's right. And I think a lot of Across the board. Yeah, and we're very centralized and we're very dense. You know, so all of our subcontractors, you will, you know, your, your steel, your concrete, your curtain wall subs, you know, they're all very busy. Um, so obviously we're having to bring in a lot of these larger groups from the Dallases and the Houstons. And uh, to give you context, I think right now we're looking at annual construction price inflation or increases, if you will, about 15%, anywhere mm -hmm. from 12 to 15%. You know, so when you're building a pro forma and trying to underwrite deals and evaluate land costs, you know, taking into account that inflation, again, when a site development permit can take you well over a year, you know, it's just, it's kind of that moving target for your pro forma and trying to be able to nail down what the actual costs are going to be by the time that you break ground, build dirt, and deliver the product. For those who don't know, what is pro forma? <laughs> a pro forma is basically your all-in cost projection as well as revenue projection for, yeah. for a project. Gotcha. So, it's again, it's a best guess and you try and be conservative, but again, just kind of some of these... Um, idiosyncrasies of Austin make it tougher than most, you know, in order to make those accurate projections at this time. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're encouraged where right now we have the um, the revisions to the land, the land development code. I would sure. love to see the other word for it, for the, <laughs> its predecessor attempt, but the revisions for the land land development code are ongoing uh, as of now, and we're in, we're in um, almost end of, in September. Right. And um, I know a lot of it's going to be, you know, a lot of things hopefully come out of that will in theory, right, kind of help streamline the whole development process because that it's going to be an overhaul of our code that I don't think has been done since '83, right. probably before I was born. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that should encourage. And I mean, you know, I'm assuming firms like yours looking at that too. And we do very much so. And you know, just to give you, you know, kind of just a simplistic understanding of how it works right now. So if we were to go build a downtown tower in downtown Austin, you know, yeah. or somewhere close to it. Basically, you know, Austin's got these uh, programs. It's a zoning overlay, and one of them is called the Downtown Density Bonus. Um, so, for example, if the code book tells you that you can only build a tower that's 60 or 70, to 70 feet high, um, basically you can take advantage of this Downtown Density Bonus program where it'll increase your height from 60 to 70 feet all the way up to maybe 200 feet. And in order to get that, there's just certain um, concessions that the developer has to make. Um, and that would be, you know, building sidewalks to a pedestrian-friendly atmosphere, um, a certain level of parking, making a donation to um, an affordable housing program. You know, and it's kind of Austin's trade-off of allowing that increased density as long as you kind of uh, return the favor in some of the uh, aspects that matter most to them. Yeah, so, like community benefits. Correct. Yeah. And that's what's tricky, though, you know, to your point about revising the land development code is, you know, it's taken everyone, you know, a little bit of time just to learn the downtown density bonus program and those incentives. And then when it's about to get changed, you know, again, it's just another learning curve and trying to understand, okay, what's the next step? You know, how does this affect building a downtown, you know, mm -hmm. kind of on the on the forefront as we look forward to the next couple of years? No, I know too about downtown. I know a big kind of, or like a big thing I'm hearing a lot of people talk about is just kind of the about parking. Right. And they were, they, I guess, the the, uh, the rollback of parking requirements, right? Because right? currently, right now, you can talk about that a little bit. You know, to build something in Austin, there's certain, I mean, depending on what you build, right, there are certain requirements for how many parking spots you have to have in that property. That's exactly right. And the cost of those, too, please. Yeah, no, and parking costs money, you know. And so, for example, right now, what we're seeing is generally, and obviously this will 
move between the different tenants and asset classes. Office, you want to park it. I mean, there are downtown buildings that park as low as 1.8 per thousand. Um, so that means for every 1,000 square feet of office product, you've got to have at least you know 1.8 parking spaces for it. Um, but then some of these corporate campuses, you know, where if it's a single tenant user or it's you know like an Oracle building, for example, those will park closer to three per thousand. Um, and then to give you even more context, um, a medical office building has got to park five per thousand. You know, so parking is a huge component to the overall development piece because. You know, you've got to be able to build in, you know, parking requires space and it requires area. And so that's why a lot of these projects, especially that you're seeing downtown right now, they're going subgrade, which are those big holes that you see going underground. And those holes are very expensive, um, especially as you get closer to the river. You know, it's that soil and that mud is very sloshy. So it's very, very expensive to have to hold that soil back. You're basically building like a concrete bathtub if yeah you, will. you know we so had that case with the you know, hotel zaza i mean it just right. opened up what last month but that was you know that had been going on for quite some time because yeah, they kept hitting water and that, they were even that they were further back i mean what what four blocks back from the water line right or at least from the river and then you know i think another fifth and west another project right there i think they hit water on the subgrade you know there's just and it's nothing you can really do about it besides pump it out and do your best to retain it um but you're right you know a lot of those problems are or overcome because you've got to pump it out and you know you've got to move forward with the project but like you said parking is the main culprit if you will because mm -hmm. nine times out of ten if you see a project going subgrade underground it's to accommodate the parking you know and it's like it's expensive and it also runs the risk like you're mentioning of, of hitting water you know which is kind of the developers uh, worst nightmare like that or like limestone in this in this city anyway right? limestone's more out west yeah that's true. that's true but yeah it's you know, so the, the revisions to parking are big. Obviously, we've seen some projects come online here recently. I think um, maybe it was the Aloft downtown. There's some of these um, zero lot line buildings that have no parking, mm -hmm. which is it's an interesting concept. Obviously, it's a little more of the Northeast style versions, if you will. But it's we've been watching those closely because it's, again, you know, how does that impact the assets performance? Um, does it deter people? And I think for the most part, the answer is no. Um, but it's again, it's something we're watching very closely, especially as it impacts the, the office campus style buildings and you know, kind of some more of the suburban, um, even medical and student housing, just how are those parked and how are they changing? You know, how's it kind of mm -hmm. evolving to that sense? Yeah, are there, are, there, are there any other parts of the LDC you're looking at? Just, I mean, at least as it is right now, right? We're still early in the process. I think the first draft is gonna be for public kind of uh, Review actually next well it's like it's, it's September twenty third today but uh, pretty soon like in October it's supposed to come out tentatively. You know, obviously we're gonna scout through the whole thing, mm -hmm. um, but you know something that's always you know that I think Austin deserves a lot of credit for are our um, zoning areas if you will our kind of zoning overlays you know and I'll, I'll go back to what we were just talking about. You know, so the Burt Group, we office um, very close to the new Macala Soccer Stadium mm -hmm. in the domain, and that whole area is called the. You're right, you're right. Well, it'd be quick. You're right on the block. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me know when the season starts and where I'm going to hang out with. So. No, no question. Your tickets I'm are sure you're gonna the I'm sure the box is going to be ready. I'm sure the box. <laughs> I have are, faith in y'all. We are excited. No question. But again, you know, that whole area, the North Burnett Gateway Zone, is, you know, City of Austin did a great job of providing this overlay, if you will, that, you know, Kind of what I mentioned, there's a couple of concessions you have to make, either build to a certain product type or make a donation in a certain amount of money, you know, to different coffers. They allow for some um, incredible dense projects, which makes um, that whole area much more appetizing and um, desirable 
you know, obviously to developers, but then again to construction companies just because of there's so much work that can take place in such a dense and concentrated area. And so that's what we're going to be looking at at the LDC as well is, you know, obviously we've seen kind of the sprawl east, you know, a lot of big name tenants have started making their way down east 5th and east 6th and it's kind of looking at what are the next zones, you know, where are going to be the next hot areas, if you will, that, you know, capital and developers are going to flock to. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's, I think Austin deserves a lot of credit for how they structure that and how they um, write those codes per se and designate those areas because again, it's you see the domain, you see McCalla. I mean, I think yeah. For those who know the domain, this is again north northwest Austin, north north right. central northwest Austin. But I think your area, I mean, like the whole, um, we look at the current. I mean, what domain three and four and all that's right. going online there with heavy investment from companies like Indeed, right. Amazon. I think it's putting some more yep. people up there too. Hovaway, I mean, everyone else. But then you have that new the the additions to the Apple Apple campus as well, right. right? So like that whole. I mean. I mean, I guess that's that's across that's a little more for the west from y'all, but it's going to be a kind of like you look at you look at some other really developed um, de uh, northeast markets, or even like Houston. We have the midtown and kind of skyscrapers over here and over here, and then a true downtown. Right. You know what the domain, in a sense, reminds me of is, for example, um, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got downtown Atlanta, but then you've got the Buckhead market of Atlanta, and I kind of. I like to compare the domain almost to Buckhead. It's almost a, a second downtown kind of, again, that live, work, play dynamic that really has, um, you know, obviously one developer had a big chunk of the domain, but now you're starting to see all these um, surrounding offshoot developments. You know, people are capitalizing off of what the domain has done. And again, it's creating this um, ever densifying um, kind of hotbed, if you will. And so again, going back to the land development code, you know, starting to identify the next potential areas, and maybe it is. Hopefully, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, staying up in the northwest, obviously, given our positions up there. But it, it's been very um, intriguing to watch, if you will, kind of all the the activity that it's spurred just because of one initial development. Yeah, get some uh, get a good rail line up there too, and uh, <laughs> I mean, Silver should be. I mean, I think you know the Miller. So like having one just kind of connecting all these little hubs together, right. I think we could do well for the city. Like we don't, cause we're not gonna, you know, we don't have um, like roadwise, right? We can't. Like most cities have. A true loop, right? Or multiple loops. We right. have that. So, doing some kind of just planned out transit loop deal. I mean, I'm not a politician, so I don't right. know my my mental idea. Maybe we'd be good. So, we shall see. But Zach, um, any closing thoughts, though? No, I mean, obviously, I appreciate you having me on. And you know, again, we're excited to be in this town. You know, there's a lot of good things going on. But um, you know, again, it's just trying to. Uh, stay very connected to this city because there's a lot going on you know and if you kind of take your eye off the ball even at one second it's yeah you're gonna miss something important so. i got one question though because yeah, you know this is more of a i think a mark of how just your your talent because you're relatively young for your you're, for the job you're in right like when i first met you i didn't know all what you did right, right. and like i'm just impressed but like the, the scope of what you do um and you know for the company in the c-suite can you just you're 27 you really run a significant part of uh this company's kind of <laughs> endeavors in making during business, right? Right, um, so and again, obviously, um, I've, I've got a lot of good people around me. We've got a tremendous company. You know, I think the one hugely beneficial thing about the Burt Group is, you know, especially even our founder, um, it's kind of that, that quote, talent recognizes talent. You know, and we've got a lot of young folks in quote unquote higher positions than I guess the market norms. And that's mainly because of work ethic and ability to um, deliver success, you know, and so obviously I've kind of worked my tail off. I'd like to think I have and um, I'm very thankful to be as you mentioned in the position I'm in but it, again, it's it's more of a testament to the Burt group I would say and how we foster our people and you know enable that that growth, you know It's not necessarily hit a certain age and you're in that position. It's more of 
you know, who can run and gun, who can, you know, deliver the success and kind of do what they say. So it's, I've been very thankful, no doubt, and I love the position I'm in, but again, I think it's a product of the company I'm with and, you know, how they've allowed me to kind of, you know, grow myself and come into the, the position that I'm in right now. Well said. We'll put a, we'll put a, a link to Burt Group's uh, job board in the show notes as well for <laughs> folks who are looking, because that was the best plug I think you did. Like, y'all, you deserve a raise for that one. So, all right, Zach, thanks for your time. AJ, thank you, man. Hi, this is AJ. We want to again thank our sponsor, Regents Financial Corporation. With branches serving Central Texas from Austin to San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley, Regents can help your firm with its M&A and investment banking needs, as well as specialty finance, the technology, healthcare, defense, and aerospace sectors. Learn more about Regents in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.